to 3. I need somebody to get for me uh, Proverbs 22:28. If uh, Nick will get that, we have been taking uh, as our study for a number of weeks uh, landmarks and boundaries, and we want to continue to do that this morning and uh, uh, study that for a moment. I want to... Uh, uh, deal with Ephesians 3, 14, and 15 for a moment. I'm sure that most of you uh, have either heard the news or seen or read stories about the tragic death of John F. Kennedy Jr., his wife and her sister, uh, off of uh, Martha's Vineyard in, uh, on the East Coast. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm not up to date exactly on what they're saying, but the preliminary study is that there was no... Uh, no structural failure, the plane was flying, the engine was cranking when it hit the ocean, and so on and so forth. There's pilot error. And so very uh, probably what happened to him is what's known as spatial disorientation. Uh, this means that a person who is flying uh, an aircraft, uh, if they are not instrument rated, in other words, they're not able to fly depending on the reference points of their instruments, if they go into clouds or if they fly at night, there's no moonlight or there's no horizon or there's no lights from which to reference point in about 82 seconds. They don't know whether they're flying up, down, backwards, sideways. They have no idea what they're doing. Uh, they begin to depend on the sounds they're hearing. And so uh, very probably what happened to him was it was a foggy night. He took off in weather that he should not have taken off into. There was fog uh, that night. Uh, there was no moon. Uh, in the area where he was uh, flying, he would have been beyond the uh, sight of lights that would tell him where a horizon was. And so uh, as he uh, began to make his descent, he would have gone into uh, a, a fog or ground fog or clouds. And uh, being uh, pitch dark, uh, he suffered what is known as spatial disorientation and flew the plane straight into the ocean at probably 200 miles an hour. So uh, this brings for us a tremendous uh, lesson uh, as we're studying this because we're studying landmarks and boundaries. And the essence of landmarks and boundaries are uh, that in life, unless we have reference points, unless we have some kind of a uh, point at which we can reference our life as we live and as we travel through life, uh, then disaster uh, awaits us, and you can't trust how you feel uh, in life. This is an emotional generation. Uh, we have an I care president. I feel your pain president. And so uh, the difficulty is that in, in life you can't depend on how you feel because your, your feelings are, number one, they are transient. Uh, you feel wonderful one day. You feel horrible the next. Uh, you get up one day, and uh, and this is sure as, as you're sitting here, uh, you hear a voice, go west, young man. And so uh, you head off in that direction. The next morning you get up, and you are sure that you hear a voice, go east, young man. One day you feel up, the next uh, day you feel down. Feelings are very transient. Not only that, but the enemy of your soul exploits your emotions and your feelings and uh, aims to destroy you unless you have some solid reference points to go through life. That's what this study is all about. Uh, and uh, uh, Proverbs 22, 28, I'd like for Nick to read that out loud. I want uh, Adam to get for me Ephesians 3, 14, and 15 while we're listening to this. 
landmarks and boundaries. Proverbs 22, 28. Do not remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. Do not remove the ancient landmarks which your fathers have set. So here in this text that we've been taking as our uh, uh, landmark text or launching pad, uh, we uh, see that in the biblical reference, the primary reference has to do with uh, uh, landmarks that will be set as boundaries. For those of you who are just new this morning, uh, uh, in property, they uh, in Bible days, uh, fences of, of uh, properties were not uh, were not always uh, available or affordable or practiced, and so they established property boundaries by either trees or piles of rocks or a stone, and these became landmarks. It was very important uh, that these uh, were established because uh, inside of these, life was defined. They planted crops, they built houses, they had, uh, they had territorial boundaries, and life was lived inside of those. And the Bible gives six times it states this very statement and various uh, 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 relationships do not remove the ancient Landmarks. In other words, there's something that's important about the continuity of life and living life in a, in a social uh, uh, environment and an orderly manner. It's important that these landmarks be retained. But this is also true in a spiritual dimension, and, uh, and some of this is worked in with some of the scriptures there. It has to do with moral and spiritual dimensions. And so we've been studying this class uh, to deal with several of these as, uh, that are biblical, uh, that'll help us to get a handle on and to properly properly reference as we live life. This morning, I want to talk to you about the family. I want to talk to you about the landmark of the family, Ephesians 3, 14 and 15. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Okay, here's a very interesting uh, 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 scripture. And in this scripture, we uh, discover that the family is not just something that we've created, uh, like the women's libbers like to teach, that uh, this is an accident of uh, culture and that uh, it has no historical or it has no solid reference point, but we've, we've created this so we could oppress women, deny them all the wonderful adventures that life holds for them, and keep them housebound, barefooted, pregnant, and ignorant, so that we can uh, press them. And I'm, I'm, see, I got the tension rising already right now. And so uh, uh, that the family is not relevant. And uh, we've had uh, uh, various uh, uh, depictions of this in our present generation: the touting of uh, uh, the working mother, the uh, Murphy Brown syndrome, etc., etc., etc. And so uh, uh, this text gives us a very interesting insight, lets us know that the family is not just an idea that has happened on earth, but there is a divine and a heavenly connection and uh, uh, precedent uh, and says of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. So we're going to leave that for a moment, and I want to talk to you about the definition uh, of a family. I need several uh, scriptures right here. I want uh, Revelation 12:12. 12, 12, uh, uh, Brian, I want 1 Peter 5:8. Was it uh, Stephanie? I want Daniel 7:25. Somebody get that for me. Is uh, Samantha? 
Uh, if you'll get that. And Pete, would you get for me Genesis, uh, uh, Genesis 2, 22 through 24? And I need somebody to get for me Genesis 4, 1 and 2. Uh, no tossing. So we want to get the definition uh, of a family. I want you to know that the devil has an all-out offensive this morning to destroy the family, to redefine the family, to re-explain it, and to put it in a setting that, that removes the natural reference marks and landmarks and boundaries that God uh, has placed. He's, uh, he's an all-out offensive uh, at the present moment. Revelation 12, verse 12. Okay, we're living in a, a, a time when the devil is absolutely raging and rampant. First Peter five eight. The devil's business is total destruction, and this is homed in on the family. Daniel seven twenty five gives a little prophetic insight into the present uh, conditions of the generation in which we live. Daniel 7, 25. Persecution is going to be of, of, of believers uh, in the Lord is going to be rampant. And, uh, and uh, not only that, but there's going to be a, a, a redefining of, uh, of certain... Uh, uh, reference points, uh, uh, absolutes, etc. Go ahead, Samantha. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and time and half a time. Okay, he's going to redefine uh, laws, uh, principles, rules, and this is the uh, prophetic, uh, uh, a little prophetic uh, cameo of, uh, of what's happening and what is going to happen in the last days. Part of that, and we've seen this. Uh, uh, almost an epidemic proportion in this present generation is a redefining of the family and the God-given uh, functions. We hear uh, and read about the traditional family and uh, uh, marriage is being uh, 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 shoved aside, that marriage is no longer valid. Uh, but uh, a family, let me give you a definition of a family. A family is a man and a woman and children living together in a God-ordained and sanctioned relationship called marriage. That's what a family is. So well, I know that. Well, most of the world today is being assaulted on that point. A family is a group of people shacking up together. A family is two men living together in homosexual relationships or two women. That's called a family. Laws are being uh, uh, touted. The homosexual lobby, they have their star in the White House right now. It's almost unbelievable that the agenda that has been put forward as America uh, is uh, counting their dollars on Wall Street and this agenda is being put in place as rapidly as possible uh, and the aim is to destroy the traditional family. Laws are being changed. Uh, it, 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 there's laws that are, that are being t uh, propagated right now to make it a hate crime for me to even speak what I just spoke to you. be a criminal offense, a felony, for a preacher to stand up and to say that homosexuality is not the will of God and it is evil and is destructive to society. That's a hate crime. 
being right now propagated in Washington and trying to be passed uh, so that this will uh, this will be put into place. So uh, uh, homosexual marriages are being touted. This is a farce. There are several states uh, that are uh, are uh, propagating this and uh, and trying to make this the law of the land. Lesbian and homosexual adoptions are uh, are being uh, propagated as being a normal uh, part of a family and being allowed. And then uh, our dear Hillary Clinton has written a book, It Takes a Village. Her whole thesis there is that, uh, that uh, raising children should not be left to a mother and father. We can't trust them to raise children. Uh, society needs to raise them. That's the agenda. It's going forward as we sit right here. And uh, the family is under assault. Genesis 20, uh, 2, 22 through 24, Pete. Okay, here's the Word of God, and in the Word of God, in this ancient text, is the definition of and the explanation of a family. God created and set in place the family, and it was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. When you deviate from that, then you are deviating from a reference point that will destroy society. I said it will destroy society. It's not just an alternative lifestyle. It is not just a little deviation from or a matter of preference. We're talking about a destructive principle because the family is not our idea. It's God's idea. It has been set in Scripture. It is a landmark. It is a reference point from which society derives its proper and healthy functioning, and without the family being in place, society will be destroyed and it will uh, not survive. Genesis 4, 1 and 2. All right, this is a simple statement from the Scripture, the ancient history of Adam and Eve, they're bringing into being a family. I said again, a family in the Word of God and in traditional history is a man and a woman living together with children that have been born of that uh, relationship uh, in a God-ordained and a God-sanctioned uh, uh, relationship called marriage. Not shacking up, called marriage. I said not shacking up, called marriage. Somebody just uh, told me a story yesterday. I can't remember who it was. They said they had a, uh, they had somebody that was trying to know how to deal with this. And so uh, this guy took this uh, woman down into Mexico and got uh, uh, some uh, minister, some kind, to marry, uh, do a marriage on the beach in Mexico. And uh, he didn't want to do this in America. Well, there's a reason why he didn't want to do it in America because he wants to shack up. That's why. Because if you do it in Mexico, it's not legal in America. And so he does not want the commitment and the binding relationship, and so he wants to know how he ought to be, be dealing with this. Well, you need to tell the, 
a young woman that uh, she's a fool. Oh, it's getting so nervous in there. <laughs> well, praise God. Okay. So this is creating chaos in our society. And uh, one article says marriage is at a 40-year low. Uh, I'm reading in the paper that Hollywood has just produced a new film uh, called uh, The Runaway Bride. And uh, so this is glamorizing uh, the reticence to marry. So this couple has been shacking up. They decide to get married, and then, uh, and then uh, they, uh, uh, the bride gets cold feet. And uh, I believe it was the Arizona Republic this week had, uh, uh, had uh, uh, a whole story in, uh, the, in one of the sections and says, uh, Wedding jitters put brides and bridegrooms to test not only on film but also in real life. And so, uh, well, the reason uh, that they get jitters is they don't want to make a commitment and be responsible in society. This is an irresponsible society. Isn't that right? When you say, I do, that means you did. Society traditionally says, then children that are born out of that relationship are your responsibility. And when society is healthy, it means that you're going to support them. Right? Okay. And so along came John Kennedy and, and, uh, and Mr. Johnson and created the Great Society uh, and the Aid to Dependent Children and all the other social schemes that have been destructive to our families. Yeah, in Australia, uh, this is, uh, they're 15 years ahead of the U.S. and I first went there, I was absolutely floored uh, by the effects that this is having on society. And uh, in, uh, in, in Australia... Uh, you can uh, you can get in a fight with your husband if you happen to get married, and as you get in a fight with your husband, you could go to the government, and that day they would furnish you a house and money and support so that you could move out. Now, can you have any idea what this has does to society? What would happen to your your marriage if uh, every time that your you and your wife got in a tiff, uh, she had money in her pocket and an alternative? You know what would happen? About every thirty days, she'd be off to somewhere else. See, one of the things that, that you do when you're smart, when you marry a daughter off, you say to her, you're marrying, you're not coming back home. You understand this? Now, does that sound obsolete and archaic? You are not coming back again. You're getting married, and this is for keeps. Don't be coming back home. You did it, and you did it. I can, I can already feel that rattling around. This is wonderful. Some of you think I just landed from outer space. I'm an alien from a flying saucer or something. But you see, these principles are landmarks. What I'm talking to this morning are landmarks. And without landmarks in society, these are reference points. These are places where we uh, get a reference of what life is all about. And, uh, and the family has to do with a man and a woman who have committed themselves into a marriage relationship. And uh, in that marriage relationship, uh, out of that, children are born, and both are going to be held accountable and responsible by society and by law. And when you tamper with that and you deviate from that, you get all the problems that we're having in our society today. I was reading the Mormon paper there uh, in Phoenix has uh, got a problem, and that's police officers have suddenly become targets. It's guns. That's what it. No, it isn't guns. We've had guns uh, 
Uh, our country was founded on guns. Can't be guns. Yeah, well, if we didn't have these guns, they had to get an axe. <laughs> no, it's not guns. That's not what the problem is. The problem is the family. Let's be honest about it. Uh, it, it has several roots. So I'm, I'm quoting from the paper. Uh, it says, Young people have no respect for the law. Maricopa County uh, Sheriff Jor Pale uh, proposed as one reason for the shootings. And this is a theme echoed by police uh, chiefs in the area. Another said the lack of parental discipline has so eroded that there is none. And so uh, uh, those of you who are writers of letters to the editor uh, and callers into talk shows, uh, because this is this is going to be a, a subject, of course, of every talk show. Uh, you might explain to them that the laws that they put on the books that you can't kick the the butt big time without the government trying to interfere is causing this very problem. <sighs> they abuse children. Well, the percentage of abused children are very small compared to the uh, percentage of children who have been left without any landmarks. I was listening to, uh, who with it, I'm moving ahead of myself, is the nearly famous Barry Young the other day coming up out of uh, Phoenix. And uh, so he's proposing this, uh, this proposal. It says, uh, uh, children that are not properly taught uh, right and wrong are abused. Now he's, he put this proposition out. Children that are not taught right and wrong uh, are being abused, and so they're, they're, they shouldn't be responsible. Because they don't know what right and wrong is. Their parents have never told them uh, what the right and wrong is. And so uh, should we punish the parents for this? Now, this is being seriously proposed by, in law. Are you still listening to me? And so uh, then uh, the, the discussion, as I'm uh, whirling up the freeway, is what is right or wrong? How are you going to establish right or wrong? There's only one place you can establish right or wrong. That's back to the Ten Commandments and the Bible, which is by, this country was founded on, and all rule of law comes out of it. It's very simple. I'm sitting listening to that, and uh, I'm talking to myself. Oh, you idiot, don't you see this? No. <laughs> How are you going to tell what's right or wrong? Because the right or wrong for one person is not right or right, unless you have uh, absolute standards of morality. Is that right? Of the dignity of human life. Is that correct? Of individual rights as a human being. Uh, where are you going to derive these from? There isn't any place to derive it except the place that this country was founded on, which is the Ten Commandments and the rule of law that came out of that. When you diverge from that and you go aside, then you're in a, in, in a swamp and there's no escape from it. That was very apparent. I'm sitting there listening. It's stupid. It's a, it, uh, so anyhow, let's go on. Okay. Anybody, uh, shall we uh, open this for discussion right now? And so, uh, uh, you know, a parental uh, discipline. Uh, goes a long way towards raising children. We're going we're to talk about this in a minute, so don't divert off into that. But let's uh, let's have some uh, 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 comments. Uh, Pete. Uh, 
Okay, the Charles Manson family uh, was given that label, which is a misnomer. That's what it is, a gang, the Charles Manson gang. See, this is like calling uh, 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 homeless people, uh, homeless people. The homeless people are bums. That's what they are. That's what, they, that's what they've always been. See, we, we mislabel. The problem is, is we're, play, we're, we're playing games with semantics. We don't want to call it what it is. And so the Charles Manson was not a family. It was a gang. It's exactly what it was. Gangs have always been uh, people who were lawless. That's right. Okay, so Carol? All right, Carol works at a preschool, and she's been doing preschool work 20 years. All right, a new face has come into the preschool agenda or the philosophy, which is called new face? Redirection. Instead of disciplining them, which immediately makes them make a decision, I'm going to do right or do wrong, they want to please them and put them in another environment uh, where there will be no conflict. They're taking away the line of absolutes. This is right and this is wrong. Right. And the children will be damaged by this, undoubtedly. And many of them, uh, because they are in day school and preschool, have no home where this is being reinforced. The parents, either through uh, negligence or through a desertion, or are being forced into that. And a mother is being forced to put her children there. And uh, and that's probably not happening a great deal at home. Uh, it's uh, Adam. All right, here's Adam. He was on the phone with his brother, and he was sharing his brother that they're going to have another child. Okay, his friends were there. They have a child uh, that's not married, a legitimate child. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, so she's, uh, she's arguing with this, says, uh, uh, I'm not going to get married, no, and begins to contradict him and ask him the question, who are you, God? And so uh, this, this is what's happening to our society, but you see, this is not without cost. If you think this is without cost, uh, you pick the paper up and what are these, what are these, what are, they're shooting at policemen. Well, the reason is that uh, they have not been raised with any kind of sense of right or wrong, and we're raising animals. All right, uh, Philip? One of the things that Philip had was two parents. They were strict. He, they put limits on his life. They told him when to come in, when to go out, and uh, they put rules on his life. I had, uh, I had three close friends that had no rules. They only gave 10, only 
his contemporaries or associates had no rules. All they had was a mother. They were ridiculing him because his parents were strict. Two of the children came back, um, and uh, probably the third one would have if he could have, and told him personally they respected their parents, and they wished that they had had parents that had told them that. You'll find this is true, uh, that, that children who get into trouble and counselors uh, say that, uh, that one of the things that where there's no rules, there's no set boundaries, there's no landmarks, that they have the feeling their parents don't care, they do not love them. That's what they say. I saw another hand back here. It's Wayne. All right, Wayne teaches college and resource management, and he works together as a team. The last several years, he's asked this class, is there any place written down what is true and what is false? Or what is right and what is wrong? Gets absolute silence in this. Two weeks ago, you had a student. Uh, now, this is college, mind you. And this student said, there is none. This is the only response he's got from class after class after class. This is what's happening to America today because we've been taught in schools that there is no absolute right and there is no absolute period. No right or wrong. This is why our society is disintegrating before our eyes. Carlene was just at a family reunion. A nephew was there that had two boys. The older boy was raised strictly with rules like she was raised. Okay, here's a different wife now. The rules have changed. Second child. All right, this is a girl. She's pouting, spoiled, disrespectful of her parents. And she was raised, she's being raised without rules and disasters just around the corner. Anybody else uh, comment? Is, uh, who is it? Uh, Stephanie? Right. Stephanie's been uh, reading and listening to the tragedy in Atlanta about this man uh, who's murdered his family and nine other people, I believe. Yes, totally twisted in his mind and uh, lost money on the stock market, so he decided to kill some people. Yes? I remember talking to my brother for 13 years. All right. Adam's brother, uh, Michael, is in prison in Douglas, been there 13 years. And uh, he told me a ton of different stories. I asked him, you know, because you chose long yeah, okay, so in prison today, the whole climate's changed. The same mentality as now in, in invaded prisons. Yeah, they're country clubs is what they are. They're, just, they're, they're restricted living, but they're not, uh, they're not prisons anymore. Uh, prisons are for punishment. And they, uh, they don't do that anymore. Is, is that, that isn't a total cure. We know that a moral change is a cure, but it sure cut down the rate, I'll tell you that. When, uh, when you snap the whip. Somebody else, one more I want, uh, is it uh, Valerie? Yeah, along those same lines, 
It changed what? Oh. Now, we certainly cannot put any uh, any labels on society that would make people feel bad about doing sin. I mean, we can't do that. Yeah. Which is called selfishness. Okay, let's uh, let's uh, go on for a minute. So we want to talk about the necessities of fathers as a landmark. I want, uh, uh, and this is moving out of Ephesians 5, uh, chapter 5 and 6, but I want this text, Ephesians 6, uh, 1 through 3. Somebody would like to get that for me right here is Dennis. Uh, then I want 1 Corinthians 11, uh, 5 uh, would be Philip, if you'll get that for me. Um, and uh, we're going to move on. So uh, uh, the, the difficulty with our society is that uh, they have discovered, uh, they think that uh, fathers are not a necessity to a home. This is what the major problem of our society is it's turned into a fatherless society either by uh, function uh, or, by, uh, or by choice. And uh, so Ephesians 5 and 6 are husbands, wives, and children. And Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, I want that... Uh, I want that text. Children, obey your parents. In the Lord, for this is right. Now, there's a wrong. If you say right, then obviously there's a wrong. Is that correct? Nobody disagrees with that? This is right. Obey your parents. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise. This is reaching back into the Old Testament. It says you want to live a long, healthy, orderly life. Uh, you better honor your father and your mother. You need to have that reverence and that, uh, that esteem uh, or respect for your father and your mother. You say, well, they're old fogies. They're obsolete. They're out of date. They're not with it, man. They're not hip. They're not... Uh, it doesn't matter what you think of them. The Scripture says you need to honor them. And if society would reinforce that, our, our uh, world would be far different today. But what's happening is that the parental uh, uh, responsibilities, the parental uh, uh, position uh, has been uh, denigrated, has been ridiculed, uh, every television program uh, works hard at destroying the image of the father. Remember the television programs of way, way back? Uh, the father's a stupid idiot that doesn't know how to come out. Of it. That's what a father is, right? Say yes. You watch TV all your life, all right? Say yes. That's what happened to them. The family's depicted wrongly. And because it's depicted wrongly, uh, this has uh, undermined and destroyed this principle of respect and honor for the father, uh, that he may not be uh, a, uh, a rocket scientist or landing on the moon, uh, but you need to respect him because he is the reference point in the home. Go ahead. You want to live a long life and stay out of prison? Pay attention to that. Okay. So here we find that their boundaries are set. Isn't this correct? I started the lesson, the, the landmark and the boundary is the family. The family is defined in the Scripture. Uh, we have a, uh, a proposition that is made there, and uh, there's boundaries and limits. And uh, added to that, dads must be 
physically present. There's a uh, term going around which is gender-free parenting. Gender-free parenting. doesn't matter uh, the home is being redefined. As long as you have a parent in the home, everything's okay. And stay with me because I'm not, I'm not uh, assaulting uh, uh, ladies that are here that... Uh, because of your past life or unfortunate circumstances, you're having to raise a child uh, by yourself because of some slob. Uh, uh, just stay with me. Uh, but uh, gender-free parenting is a fallacy. It's not working. And uh, uh, I have an article here that says, uh, Why did God give two parents? Let me just give you a, a little uh, shot out of that. <clears throat> why God gave kids two parents. You know, did you ever wonder why, you know, you know God could have said, you, you, know, you want children? Well, well, here's a tree. You go pick a child off a tree. I mean, he could have. Isn't that right? So why did he cause the, uh, uh, the procreation to come through human beings? There's a reason for that. And why, why, didn't, why did he just not say, uh, okay, um, I'm going to create this creature, and any time that they want an offspring, you push to your side or you uh, touch a spot, and whammo, you're going to have a child. But he created us so that if you want children, two people have to come together. For this purpose, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Isn't this correct? Uh, the reason is he intended for children to have two parents uh, that would create a home. All right, so why God gave kids two parents? Parental influence, especially fatherhood, has taken a bashing lately because government can supply welfare checks, child care, and midnight basketball games. Dads are seen as unnecessary baggage in modern, quote, quote, families. Yet is this really so? Number of children being raised fatherless has grown 300% in nearly 40 years. Now, why is that? Somebody tell me why that is. The number of children being raised in fatherless homes has grown uh, 300% in nearly 40 years. Tell me why. Sandy? They remove the responsibility of commitment for supporting your child. In other words, the child that you father, you will support. Okay, that's one. Somebody else. Uh, Adam? Women are working full time, which is, a, a, which is one principle. Anybody else? Uh, Ken? All right, the responsibility of fathers. The media say we don't need it. Woody? Women that can't say no. Why would you want to say no? I had another hand. Somebody here. Uh, Valerie? If you're not happy, the goal in life is to be happy. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. Poor soul. Bill? Women's liberation? Okay, there's what I'm looking for. The government will take care of the kid and pay for it. Child care at high school, if you happen to get pregnant in high school? Okay, so I just, I just uh, that dawned on me. So, four of every ten children are effective, and 75% of these will face poverty. Many will be school dropouts, be expelled, be victims of crime, suicide, or abuse or develop emotional behavioral problems. Currently, 70%, 70% of the prison population serving long sentences are men who grew up fatherless. And juveniles are the fastest growing segment of the criminal population. 
fathers are necessary to the family picture. There's the problem. Okay? So, uh, uh, landmarks come by families. This is where we're headed. We don't want to get uh, sidetracked. I'm going to give you uh, some more time for discussion. So there's uh, several things that happen when there is no uh, 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 reference point. One of these has to do with a mental process. There's a reference mark, and there's a protection for our spirit when there is a normal family from which we get uh, reference mark. First Corinthians 11, 5 through 12. Uh, whoever I gave that to, read it for me. Here's a very interesting text, and this has to do with headship. It's a, it's a kind of a mystical text, and Paul is playing back and forth in imagery. Uh, but it has to do with, he- with headship and what happens to the human personality when there is no covering. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, this is, uh, without getting diverted, this has to do with the spiritual principle and lets us know that without uh, covering or without headship, uh, maybe Mark dealt with this last week, I'm not sure, but uh, uh, there is something happens in the spiritual realm. Now, when I went to Australia, uh, one of the things that I noticed is that uh, there's dingy people everywhere. I mean, there's, there's more nuts in one uh, territorial boundary than any place. I mean, I'm not talking about folks that are just odd. You know, there's a lot of odd folks, including you and me. I'm talking about dingbats. And uh, when I started pastoring, you know, these people who come to church said, what on earth is wrong with this place? They look like us. They talk pretty much like us. They have a, a society. That, uh, they have a, a prospering economy. What on earth is going on in this country that's producing these strange mentalities? And it finally dawned on me that the problem is the destruction of the family there. The welfare society destroyed, etc., etc. So there's a mental problem. There's a spiritual dynamic that comes from covering, and part of that covering comes from home being in order. There's an emotional uh, uh, element. There's a stability. There's a nurturing in a functioning home. There's a relational principle, uh, social skills. Uh, and, uh, the home furnishes an arena for behavior and a school for behavior, uh, uh, modification and, and alteration. And, uh, and this is very, uh, very apparent. Uh, and uh, we want to acknowledge that there's heroic feats by brave parents uh, that have undertaken and successfully uh, raised children. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, and then over and above that, there's uh, uh, God's wonderful grace and redemption that overrides and, uh, and still uh, uh, is able to bring forth. And um, all of us have known uh, women who've been deserted that uh, through heroic efforts have raised children uh, that are not uh, are not uh, idiots. They've they've raised children. They've done their best. Uh, we've uh, we've known that. Uh, we've known people who come from broken homes. I come from a broken home. My mother and father were divorced when I was five years old. It's had a disastrous effect on my personality. Uh, but the grace of God overrides that, and uh, and I'm not in an institution today. Are you still with me? And so we're not talking about an absolute. And so if you're here, I'm not assaulting you uh, because you're a single parent or that you've uh, uh, been a part of a divorced home and so on. But it does leave its mark, and we can't ignore that. And people learn on three levels. One, one uh, person wrote the classroom level or relational level and at home. This is very, very important. I want to read you another uh, quote, if I could. 
uh, they give you a little bit of insight. And uh, says both parents are necessary to meet and exemplify children's behavioral and social needs, however. Fathers are usually the more physical disciplinarians, while moms nurture, comfort, and verbalize more. Through roughhousing with their boys and through example, dads teach them the way to control emotions and behavior as well as how to deal with negatives like anger, frustration, and sadness. Sons learn how to treat their future wives by watching their father's example. Dad's affirmation, protection, and love will keep daughters from looking elsewhere for emotional and physical uh, fulfillment. Gender-free parenting is not working, so society must recognize that fathers aren't just paychecks. Dads must be physically uh, uh, present. So these are all uh, uh, quotes that uh, have to do with the, uh, the issue at hand. And so I want to, uh, you can write down another uh, scripture, Deuteronomy 11, 18 through 21, uh, puts uh, this responsibility, and then I want to open it for uh, discussion and comment. This is We're talking about landmarks and reference points, and this has to do with uh, the home. Uh, Woody. Native American people, before they were moved onto reservations, had a set way and a, and a structure, yes. Father was the head of the house, taught the boy, took the instruction, and uh, etc. Homemakers. Look at the reservation, you'll see what it's done to society. Well, welfare society, yes. Total chaos. The family is the problem. And the family's been destroyed by this principle of the welfare society. Very good. Okay, somebody else? We've got a couple of minutes in that. Nick? Well, Questions? This whole thing, even in the church world, is you to be God would not want you to be unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Uh, Barry? All right. Barry was teaching in a prison in Houston, and so he has an interesting uh, incident because these are people who have no boundaries or, or reference points. I have a teenage daughter, and I don't know who the mother is. Now, that's a twist. <laughs> it's a mess. All right, so back to landmarks and boundaries. And isn't it interesting that the Bible has the answer? Very plain, very simple. And, uh, and the, uh, the uh, every direction for life and for uh, society, for government, and for social... Uh, stability is found in the Bible, and uh, they have to get back to the reference mark, back to the landmarks.